Hello lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Yacht Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited for today's show. I'm excited for all the shows, as I say many, many times, but maybe too many times. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Self-judgmental. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited for, for today's show because um, we're sitting down with someone who I've uh, wanted to have the chance to talk to for uh, a while now. Uh, one, Jamie Senegal. Of course, seen Jamie tear it up in the deathmatch world with companies like No Peace Underground and CZW, um, as well as applying a technical and acrobatic prowess uh, in companies like Hood Slam, and even at the uh, the Big Gay Brunch, uh, the very first one last year, um, she has been um, cutting her teeth all over the place for the past six years, and that is paying off on Saturday whenever she becomes the first ever trans woman to compete in an NWA ring at NWA Empower, the all-women's event um, on NWA Anniversary Weekend. Uh, it is uh, going to be an amazing show. She's going there uh, alongside Poyo Del Mar, uh, the, <laughs> the first drag performer ever to uh, be on an NWA card. It's a history-making moment, and I'm glad that we had the chance to sit down and chat with Jamie ahead of that moment and kind of, um, you know, pick her mind about what she's feeling heading into this and, and her connection to Mickey, her connection to the Divas era of pro wrestling and, um, you know, also speak to uh, her very, very public transition. You know, she's one of a few pro wrestlers that we've seen uh, transition publicly in the ring while competing. And um, I think those kind of, those images and um, seeing people like Jamie, like Dark Sheik, like Edith Surreal, um, really speak to um, the continued uh, growth and, and uh, the widening path of LGBTQ pro wrestling throughout the pro wrestling world. Um, it's awesome to see. Can't wait for everybody to hear that conversation. Before we get there, though, it's been an eventful week, wouldn't you say, in pro wrestling? Um, obviously, you know, we talked about it last week for a little bit, Grab House debuted, we have a new Grab House champion, the first one ever, congratulations to Adriel Noctis, um, another bit of gold around some LGBTQ waste there, um, also Hood Slam is back, Hood Slam came back, ran their first show in uh, the Bay Area over the weekend that, um, you know, all the images and everything coming out of that have been amazing to see. I'm so happy for Dark Sheik and AJ Kirsch, or, or should I rather say Bros of Joe Brody, and um, all of the other amazing talents that make Hood Slam uh, the... It's not an accidental phenomenon. It's just a plain old phenomenon at this point. That company is just outstanding. And, of course, all that leads into uh, this week... As well, you know, we have NWA Empower on Saturday, but also on Saturday we have MV Young's Polyam Woodstock, an all-day celebration of pro wrestling that hopefully will not devolve into what we saw at Woodstock '99. Um, I, I, I jest in in that way, but in all seriousness, this really feels like the magnum opus for the Polyam uh, party shows. I know 
MV has been very um, public about talking about stepping away from running these shows after Woodstock. Um, so I'm sure that he is going to be pulling out all the stops. And, you know, this time around, he's got some partners there. No Peace is coming. IWW is coming. You know, there are going to be a slew of matches. We at this show are very happy to sponsor uh, the match between uh, Robert Martyr and Jordan Blade. Um, so, yeah, that show, all those different shows are going to be um, outstanding. Uh, we even get to see Straight Bill go back into the deathmatch world. <laughs> Whenever uh, old Billy Dixon goes in against Akira, um, that is going to be a, a wild one as well. But it's all shaping up to be a, a really fun, interesting, and just all-around glorious wrestling weekend again. I feel like I'm seeing that more and more um, as we keep rolling through the year here. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really... There's a lot to look forward to with pro wrestling. There is. A lot. A lot. Check out my conversation with Jamie Senegal. Oh, yeah, CM Punk came back, right? All right, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I have the immense pleasure this week of having as my guest someone who is going to be making history, pro wrestling history, coming up at NWA Empower, the all-women's event ahead of NWA 73. Um, she is uh, well-known to many people, both in LGBTQ pro wrestling circles and beyond. You've seen her on No Peace Underground, Mayhem on Mills, uh, GCW, CZW, all different places all over the place. The punk rock queen, everyone's favorite auntie, Jamie Senegal. Welcome to LGBT in the Ring. Can you just like follow me to building to building and just say that every <laughs> single time that I like go into a store? <laughs> that was wonderful. I loved that. Thank you. No, I, I you know, it's, it's well due. I mean, because you have built yourself uh, into a, a premier name, I think, for a lot of fans that are watching, whether it be like, you know, um, you know, definitely the more acrobatic technical style that you have, but also you are very apt to dust it up in the no ring deathmatch circles as well as like, it's a very like multiple sides to you that I think speaks to a lot of different people and, and, and is worthy of celebration. Oh, well, thank you. That, that means so much to me. I absolutely love that. I'm, that just like brought me up to here. I'm, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on cloud nine a little bit for that one. Thank you. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to, happy to oblige that. But, um, you know, obviously like this is a big week for you coming up, um, uh, this coming Saturday at NWA Empower, you're going to be, um, taking on uh, nine other women in the uh, the Invitational there for a shot at either Camille or Layla Hirsch, depending on who comes out of that event as NWA Women's World Champion um, at NWA 73. And not only that, you're making history alongside um, your uh, close friend and manager, Poyle Del Mar, friend of the show. So between the two of you, we're going to have our first ever trans representation on an NWA broadcast the long, long lineage of the NWA, as well as our first drag personality on the uh, NWA stage as well. Talk to me a little bit about what that, kind of being part of that sort of historic moment means to you personally. You know, it's the craziest thing. I get a lot of highs and lows with it because like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And I'm like up here, like, I can't believe it. And then I'm also like, sometimes I just, I feel like it's a dream and I don't even feel like it's really happening. So I'm always just like, 
not down here like sad but just always like I'll believe it when it happens like I don't think this is really happening but like when I when I hear other people talk about it uh it sounds so crazy and it's like wait I'm a part of that like what that's crazy and it's such a blessing to be able to have Miss Poyo especially because she's a wonderful human being and she is working her butt off to just get all the media outlets and to do everything she possibly can to get not even just us over, but everyone and to really show the hard work that uh, Mickey and NWA have been putting into this. So um, to have Poyo there, I would never want anyone else. And then to also be able to be on a platform as a trans athlete and, and, uh, and a trans sports entertainer is the coolest thing ever. And I just like, I don't think I would want it any other way. I think that that is a gift strength sent straight from heaven. <laughs> Has the, the like kind of size of the moment hit you yet? No, I, to be honest, I've been very calm. Like even like people come up to me and they're like, you're not even nervous for the match. And I'm like, well, that's the easy part. Like I, I always <laughs> wrestle, I always wrestle. So uh I think like I think I'm gonna have a moment like probably right before Miss Poyo and I go out I'll probably be like oh my gosh oh my gosh and then I'm just gonna try and soak every single ounce of it in because like it really has not hit me yet that this is happening <laughs> it's just like crazy it's like unreal mm. I mean I can definitely understand it it's I, I could, I mean, obviously I have not been necessarily part of a moment like this, but I can imagine that it will be kind of very like whirlwind in a way and kind of um, move focuses around a bit in, in, in that way. But now talk to me a little bit about um, the process of uh, when, how this kind of developed and came along. Like, was this an instance where Mickey reached out to you personally or like, how did you end up um, with the opportunity with the NWA? So uh, my wrestling mother, Daphne, had posted a picture of us because I have I get a lot of gear that's inspired by her. She passed me down one of her styles. So I like to take the main, uh, the main part of that gear and put it on the back of my gear so that way it's homage to her. And uh, she posted a picture of both of us and I saw Mickey had liked it. And then I noticed Mickey followed me. And Mickey and I have always had a bunch of mutual friends and we were always meant to meet a couple times just, and then something would always happen that just silly stuff. Like we just never lined up that we would meet. And uh, I just DM'd her and thought like, hey, it would be funny. Or do you remember this? And it's like silly that we never met. And uh, we spoke for a second. And then uh, Daph, I think posted one more thing. And she was like, I need to check this girl out again. And then uh, the rest is history. We did a Zoom call and uh I wasn't I haven't done zoom calls in a while up until then and this is this was my background <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know and I was like I think it, I think I got it together because it's my first time meeting Mickey it's the first time talking about any of this business so I'm like I I look professional right now like I got it together nothing could go wrong I log on and this is my background and I'm like oh my gosh I'm so sorry and I couldn't figure out how to turn it off. So that's my running gag now. <laughs> For the listeners that can't see, like, what is your, your background? How would, you, how would you describe it? This is Cousin Phantom of the Opera from Monsters. <laughs> uh, 
there's an ongoing joke here because in 2018, I had shaved my eyebrows off. It was a moment. And I would wrestle with black eyeshadow. And when I would be done wrestling, my eye, the drawn on eyebrows would be wiped off my face. Eyeshadow smeared and I would look exactly like that. <laughs> so, like to a T like that. Mm, well, it's good to see that the brand is strong. Yeah, that's my cousin Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about this relationship with Daphne, because like I, Daphne is a name that obviously longtime wrestling fans know from her time in WCW into TNA and, and now, you know, still being recognized here and there whenever, whenever she appears um, from time to time. How did that relationship with Daphne develop for you? And, and what has it been to kind of have this close relationship with someone that honestly does feel very much like the, the presentation that you have in the ring, but before you ever entered the, the industry? Um, Daph was always one of my favorite wrestlers on the entire planet. And she was doing a seminar at uh, Atomic Championship Wrestling and Rogue Women's Warriors. And I showed up and I missed the seminar and I walked in and I was so shy. I was like, the, I'm, never, I'm never really starstruck or not able to get it together. But in this moment, I was like, that's her. Oh my gosh. Like, I was like, I don't know if I can go up yet. I need a second. And I was in the locker room and I was just putting on makeup and trying to at least get a face on so I could at least have that confidence to go up. And while I was putting on my makeup, she came up to me and she was, I think she was holding like jewelry or something. And she was like, hey, uh, could you tell me which one you liked better? And I just turned around and was like, I love you. And I gave her a hug and we were vibing all night and talking after that. It was a cute little icebreaker. And then, um, I went out to wrestle my match and while she was just listening to us and I looked at her and I go, I'm so sorry. I just really need to say this. I have a huge poster of you in my room and your theme song is my entrance music. And I literally love you. And her and I both started crying and we were just, it was such a moment. And then my, as soon as we were hugging, my theme song hit. And at the time it was Thunder Kiss 65 mm. uh, by White Zombie. And she just looked at me and she was like, I knew you were my baby doll. She was like, yes. <laughs> and um, then after that, she just took me under her wing and being able to have somebody, a veteran of that caliber, uh, have my back, tell me her stories, um, teach me things and just always let me know <clears throat> you could have done this better or you did this great. Just having her really, really be there and guide me has been a, a blessing and a dream come true because I truly feel like she is uh, a large portion of why I am who I am today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In a similar fashion, we've seen Mickey with this event in power specifically really kind of take it under her wing and really put her <laughs> own personal touch on this, as well as kind of expanding the diversification of what we've seen on NWA programming. Obviously, since the relaunch under Billy Corgan um, and the launch of NWA Power, We've seen a number of um, LGBTQ individuals appear on the show, um, you know, for everyone from Ashley Vox to Fred Rosser to Pero. And now at Empower, we're going to be seeing uh, 
a lot of LGBTQ representation on the show. Like, obviously, you were there as the first trans athlete in NWA history, but we're also in that same match with you. Kira Hogan is now that was the tenth one named uh, for for that match. Um, we also have Layla Hirsch challenging Camille for the title. Um, there's this rainbow crew up and down the card on on this show. What does it mean to you to kind of be part of that community as well? Did the continuing expansion of LGBTQ identities on the NWA platform? It is uh, a blessing and a dream come true. When I started wrestling, there was not a lot of queer people in wrestling. And I mean, I'm sure there was closeted people, but um, it was really honestly just uh, out of my knowledge on the East Coast, it was myself, Sunny Kiss, and Addie McQueen, and uh, we always knew there was a bigger purpose and we wanted to see it expand, but it kind of felt like a goal that we weren't sure if ever was gonna happen. So then to see everybody thriving so much and to know that we went from like five girls to like 10 girls, and when I'm saying girls, I mean the queer people, for everybody at home, that's just, I just mean the queer people. We went from like five of the girlies to like 10 to now there's like 50 plus and it's amazing. Uh, I don't really consider myself uh, a trailblazer of sorts. I just always wanted us all to wrestle. Uh, so I've just always tried to get people in or make people feel comfortable. Like come, come, this is open. And if no one else is gonna be open, we'll just make a place that will be. And um, it's absolutely wonderful. And then to see legends like Cassandro Alexadico come and work with the younger queer talent. She's so wonderful. And she always comes to the queer shows and wrestles and tells her stories and shows us things. Like when we would do Shimmer and Rise, she would come into the ring and just immediately like tie me into a knot and just, just pass down that knowledge. And to know that we all are achieving something that we weren't sure was ever going to happen and genuinely kind of fast too. Like I haven't been wrestling for long. I've been wrestling for like six and a half years. So for like it, that to happen so fast, it's like overnight pretty much. And uh, then to be allowed to be on a platform and really a, a platform like NWA with the backing of Billy Corgan and to really have uh, Miss Poyo and I and really be here, we, here we are, here we are, we're queer and you're gonna like it. I think that's so badass, and I'm just very thankful that we have that opportunity. Mm, no, it's it's awesome to see like the, the continued rise over these past like you know recent years. Like it's very much has been like the past like five six years that we've seen the explosion of whether it be people that were out and have entered wrestling, people that were in wrestling and have felt the power um, to come out because of the the changing landscape in a way. Like it's been amazing to see and to see companies like um you know everybody from even from like wwe down to, to aw to nwa to impact like it seems like every major company during that time span had you know lgbtq names open out lgbtq names on their rosters um and they were openly embraced in that way obviously with kiera leaving impact now like impact kind of is like it's still in that conversation in a way but it, you know kiera was the one there um, but regardless, like, it's just, it's amazing to see. Um, and you talk about Cassandro and talk about Eddie McQueen, two people that I think, um, 
are like, you know, people that laid a foundation for a lot of people. You know, I know that you worked like with Eddie a lot in your younger years. Um, and of course, you know, Cassandra was everywhere, like you said. And I know you were on the first big gay brunch back in October of last year where um, Cassandra and Sonny were in the main event. You uh, faced off with Allie Catch, as she is now named, known um, on that show. And like watching that show from a viewer standpoint, personally, it really felt like a like tentpole moment in a way. Yeah. How did how did it feel like for you being on that card specifically with these people, with Cassandra and and seeing the reaction that came afterward. Um, it literally, like you said, it was like, it felt like that moment. It literally felt like somebody sticking their flag in the surface of the moon, like craziest moments. And to know we were all there and all, everyone just loves each other. And we were all building each other up. Like we all knew what the task was at hand. And that was, let's show that we are, we can hang with the boys. Let's show that we can hang with the girls, but let's show that we're a whole nother entity and a force to be reckoned with. And I love sharing locker rooms with Cassandra because she is the sweetest, most amazing human being. And she really just loves us all so much. We're all her little babies. And she has so many amazing stories. And like I said, she has no problem wrapping any of us up into knots. If we have a question, she'll always show us stuff. And um, there's a funny little clip where when Sonny and Cassandra were hugging at the end of their match, you can see me in the crowd. I was FaceTiming my mom and I had my camera turned and I was jumping up and down yelling. And I was at the ring like, I can't believe this happened. And it just it felt like a huge victory. It was, it was honestly like that was probably, I would say like in the top five feelings I've had in pro wrestling, like this is, I would put that up there with like um, anything. Mm. It felt like, it, it felt like, I felt like a, like a mother having a baby. That's how happy I was. Like, look at, look at this, look at this. This is amazing. <laughs> No, it's interesting to look at a look at that moment as well as like, you know, other places that you've worked in, in your career, because like you know, at the beginning, I ran down a list. But among those names as well are places that, you know, have been historically more open to LGBTQ identities or have been LGBTQ led places like, you know, the Sanctuary in Pennsylvania or Hood Slam, you know, headed up by by uh, everyone's mother, Dark Sheik out there um you've worked in a number of places that are like that how did um how did those um companies kind of compare to that moment for you so it's excuse me it's been so wonderful being able to really expand and go to these places where it's not even like oh i'm different so i'm accepted with open arms it's like there's people like me and we just find each other, love each other, because we just vibe over wrestling. And we all know the greater task at hand is to make queer wrestling a thing. And uh, every single time that I go to a show that's so queer friendly, uh, it's like, like I said, it feels exactly how I imagine a mother would feel when she has a baby. It's the greatest feeling on the entire planet. You just... Uh, there was such a long time where it was so rough to be a queer person in wrestling and just to know that nothing of that sort really happens anymore and that we all have our safe spaces and there's places where we're wanted and places where 
queer people are in charge and can help us and have our backs. It's the most amazing feeling on the entire planet. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely definitely seems that way. And it definitely communicates that, I think, especially at a place like Hood Slam, where, you know, Dark Sheik has been leading the charge there for over a decade now at this point. And also, like, she kind of represents an experience that you've had as well in transitioning while being in the ring. Um, so what has that experience kind of been like for you to kind of trans transition in this public eye, so to speak? It's very crazy. I've always been like very open, uh, my whole life about just anything. Like I was just, I was the overshare always. So, uh, I never felt weird about being very public about transitioning and, um, I love, I really love to look back where I started versus where I'm at and in my head thinking where I'm going to end up because uh, when you look, there's so much growth and I think that there's a huge story being told there uh, as a whole. And I feel myself, whatever I can change about me in wrestling really affects me in real life. And to see where I'm at now where I go out and I actually look like a diva and I'm living that part that that makes me feel like everything I'm doing on the outside is exactly right and it brings me this shining beacon of happiness and I love this transition process it it has been hard at times because like you really have to change what's going on in your head and it's just a whole thing obviously just transitioning but um to see that it's a whole journey that it's a brand new journey and i'm not a shy person i always jump into something and it's just been a journey that i would never want to take back and i'm documenting it the whole way Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's very powerful imagery i would say anybody that that kind of takes that upon themselves in the middle of their career in a very public industry like this like it's i think it it makes uh many opportunities to provide like further representation or even you know not that communities need to um communities within the lgbtq spectrum need to present themselves in a way that quote-unquote humanizes um identities to people that don't have day-to-day interactions with lgbtq people um it does kind of facilitate that in a way Yeah. yeah Uh, I don't know. It's just been, it's been amazing to watch you really embrace all of you in in this way over the past um, year or two. And um, I know a lot of people have been on you uh, on that journey with you um, following you through your career. And it's been amazing to see. I'm very curious about this, the idea of the diva for you, because like I've spoken to other people on this show, you know, and also like to some, you know, trans people on this show that have talked about like having this kind of like final image or final goal for themselves. You know, Mariah Moreno talked about wanting to kind of be seen as a sex symbol, even for just a moment. And she got that at Paris is bumping. Um, For you, was that image of like being seen as a, as a diva in pro wrestling, like some kind of like, for lack of a better term, like final form goal or something like that for, for you? Yeah. Um, I definitely do feel like being a diva is my final form. Uh, there's always been something just so powerful, uh, about the divas. And I think that 
when you look at them, they look like comic book characters. They look like superheroes. They're so badass. And I have so much love for them. And they're so strong. And I want all of that. And I want that confidence. I want the look. I want to be untouchable the way they are. And I want to be one of the most beautiful women on the entire planet. But I also really want to be one of the baddest women on the entire planet too and be able to whoop ass. And I just love everything about that. And um, I, yeah, that's, I want to, that's exactly what my final form is. It's a diva, diva till the end. I want to be giving 2007 for the rest of my life. (laughs) It's been really interesting to watch this sort of like reclamation project of the term diva by, I mean, specifically the, the queer community in pro wrestling, you know, obviously like Eddie has been on the forefront of that along with you and so many other people. I mean, so much so that we had a Divas Championship match at the last Paris' bumping, the last two Paris' bumpings. Um, and, you know, we've had the kind of exclamation of, like, like Diva is not a four-letter word to kind of enter the vernacular for, for queer yeah. wrestling audiences. What has it been like for you? Or not necessarily what has it been like for you, but, like, what do you think kind of has led to the queer community kind of taking lead on that? reclamation of the term um so i think that there's always been this extreme love for the divas for queer people because i think that they were the most relatable thing on honestly on television for any of us at the time like i really think uh and especially in wrestling like i love watching men wrestle but i just can't relate to it and i never could And I I could relate so hard to seeing the divas. And I think that when that word was taken away and when they tried to, that's a very rich uh, heritage in divas, divas and wrestling. And to just throw that away is very awful for all of us. That was like throwing us away. And we, none of us are ready to see that go. And none of us are ready because We know how hard those women worked. We've always had those women's back and we knew that they weren't potty breaks. We knew that they weren't, you know, whatever. We knew knew they didn't suck at wrestling. So we all have always been there and understood that they were fighting for a bigger purpose. And I really think that uh, we're trying to bring it back and keep that energy alive. Not even just because it makes us feel like we're being us, but also because we all want to give those women who came before us, the respect they deserve. Mm. Has it added any significance to this moment with NWA Empower to have you know someone like Mickey, who was a major name within the 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 diva era, to have her be someone who's like heading up this project and has like chose you to be part of this? Has that kind of factored in at all to some of the the feelings that you've had around this? For sure, because I used to get very frustrated and be like, why hasn't it been my time yet? Why am I not at this place? Why haven't I gotten a trial? You know, like I was always so hard on myself for years and the universe was just waiting because I swear by diva and I always say I'm a diva. And when I talk to some of the vets, I always joke with them when they tell their stories and I'm like, I remember I was there. I'm I'm a diva. I was with you. I was there and uh, I swear by that so much that I really feel like the universe had a bigger plan and that was to let me work under the tutelage and that closely with a beautiful legend like 
Mickey James. And I think that that kind of in my head validates that I'm a diva, <laughs> like to have, to have the diva uh, be able to give me an opportunity is just the craziest thing. I'm doing an interview. Would you like to come say hi? Okay. <laughs> I, I am alive though. Um, Hello. Say hi. Hi. Boy. Boy. <laughs> what a time. Well, that's my friend Summer. I've known her since I was in like fourth grade. <laughs> um, but no, so to have someone like Mickey James be able to be in the forefront and bring us all in, it totally solidifies and validates the fact that I am a diva and it's everything I ever wanted because obviously my one of my all-time faves is Ashley Massaro and I found out about Mickey because of Ashley when I was a child. So especially to have someone who worked so close with her, uh, that's so full circle. And I'm very, it's very important to me that I keep Ashley's, Ashley alive. And when I wrestled Melina, I wrote Ashley here. I wrote Ashley on my wrist. And, um, and I love that. And I think it's wonderful that she's giving this opportunity to people. And I love it. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, it's awesome to see. Like I'm, I'm, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's nice to see like the that era kind of and the and now the the group that is really embracing and trying to keep that that era alive in pro yeah. wrestling because of the inspirational factor of it kind of come together in this way. It just adds more bloom to the rose in 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 a way. Yeah, for sure. And to see like and everyone always says that um says that the puppies. Everyone always says that um. <laughs> the divas sucked and that they weren't good wrestlers and stuff those women are uh mining mining villages with like gold gold mines of wealth of knowledge and not even just for the in-ring aspect or the or the backstage filming aspect they know how to work the business they know how to do everything and they wanted to learn everything and it's absolutely amazing it's so wonderful and mm-hmm. for them to embrace the new kids in with open arms and be able to be like, hey, this is how we do this. And we want to give you this opportunity because we believe in you is like the most amazing thing ever. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning into LGBT in the ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm 
And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, your your time working with Eddie uh, Eddie McQueen because like it that that does seem like a very like formative part of of your early career for you for you. What was it like to kind of get get linked up with Eddie so early on, and what was it like to kind of learn under under Eddie, someone who has been celebrated within you know queer pro wrestling circles for so long and is really it feels like just now is starting to kind of get more of of her due um yeah 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 so man i paired with eddie when i was 18 and i was just a sad pop punk kid with no confidence and i had no idea who i wanted to be in wrestling and eddie was so confident and assured of themselves and that had left such an imprint on me and to be able to work so closely with Eddie who is just so over the top smooth wrestler so talented it brought something out of me I never thought that I I would have and I and I loved it and honestly uh I think that he deserves a lot more flowers than he gets I think that people need to sit back he's been going for a long time and and I the fact that he's still going he looks amazing He's putting on these uh, banger matches and he's so entertaining. He deserves everything. And I'm very, very grateful that I got to uh, start my career with somebody of that caliber. Mm. No, it's, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I'm very happy to see that, that Eddie is showing up in, in more places now and is having a chance to really show really what, what he's been doing for like more than a decade at this point now but it's just yeah. it's just now starting to get seen by a wider audience and you know yeah. i'm hoping that you know more do will come and, and we'll get to see eddie in, in a lot more places going forward because my god what a character eddie yeah <laughs> yeah what a it's the confidence for me like mm-hmm. there's something so appealing about somebody that knows who the f they are and addy mcqueen knows who the f they are mm-hmm. no there's no doubt about that <laughs> yeah i love it it's very it's attractive it's appealing uh eddie is so beautiful and i'm still bitter that i've never gotten my singles match with eddie because i really feel like we could kill it and i feel like it's years in the making but i'm sure it'll happen someday oh yeah never say never the post still running in in the right circles so we'll see <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about no peace underground because i think that's been probably the most prolific uh promotion that you've been with through up to this up to this point honestly it's been yeah. a lot of a lot of interesting stuff coming out of there you know doing all the the no ring deathmatch stuff that they do now starting to kind of branch out of just orlando they're doing shows kind of all over the place and you've been along for the ride on many of them. Um, what, how did you end up getting involved with No Peace initially? And, and what has it been like to kind of grow, see this, this company grow 
uh, alongside you? Um, so my birthday is September 13th and Penelope Ford's birthday is September 14th. And in 2019, we always get together and do like a little, we'll go out to dinner at like late. So that way it's like midnight and it switches. And we were in Orlando and we had gone out to a little birthday dinner and Jimmy Lloyd brought over this guy named Ryan Fox. And I was like, Jimmy, I love you. Who is this? And I was like, oh, I love you. Like we all just became friends. And I've been so close with all of them ever since. I mean, I've known Jimmy for years, but the No Peace people. And then it turned out that that day uh, they were having a show downtown and I love deathmatch wrestling. I'm a CCW kid, I love it. And um, I was like, I wanna go, but I wanna do a spot. And they, they were like, what, Jamie? No, you don't have to do that. Like, you don't have nothing to prove. And I was like, I don't wanna do it because I feel like I wanna prove myself or anything. I wanna do it because I love it. So uh, Jimmy, had a fire spot and uh, I planted myself in the crowd. And then um, I got pulled in and Jimmy pushed me through a flaming table. And unfortunately the, the table slid back like this on the wall and I just rolled down the fire, it didn't break. Oh God. <laughs> um, so if you watch it, it's actually very chaotic, but that's my introduction to, uh, <laughs> to No Peace Underground. But right then and there, they were like, thank you, you didn't have to do that. And I was like, I want to match. <laughs> Next time, I want to match. I'm not just going to do a spot. I want to do the whole thing. And they had given me Serpentico, and he whooped my ass. And I just fell in love with it. I think there's some, it, going to a place like that takes me back to like being a kid at music festivals and stuff. Because it's so, it's such like it's in the hardcore scene and all those people are there and it just it feels like you're at like Warped Organ or Manfest or going to see one of your favorite bands because it's like you're in the pit and I just I love it and to see them grow is amazing and to be able to be a part of that is amazing the fact that uh my show that I ran with them was a, a, such a success was a blessing and no peace at a time where I truly believed that no one had my back uh, no peace had my back no matter what and I have a loyalty to them forever because of that mm. no it's been like it's been amazing to watch like your your rise within the company and you know not just not just you like you kind of setting a, a, a mm -hmm. path for so many other LGBTQ wrestlers to kind of enter that world now because like obviously Pero has been a mainstay there for for a while as well. I think yeah. you and you and Pero and maybe more recently like Satu Jin have been like the the queer presence at No Peace shows. But now yeah. we're starting to see more of that kind of appear. You know, obviously they had the Pride show, um, the Fear of the Gay Agenda show this past yeah. this past a year, and we've seen more queer wrestlers who didn't come up or ha haven't had a lot of involvement in the deathmatch scene, such as like Billy Dixon and Ashton Starr, <laughs> Trisha Dora, even now getting into it a little bit here and there, but kind of enter that deathmatch world. And in the case of somebody like Billy Dixon has thrived immensely. Like, what has it been like for you to kind of see deathmatch embrace queer identities in the way that they have? I, I love it. I've always known that it would be like that because I was at CCW and all of the people that I got along with the most and that I always vibed with were the dudes doing the death matches. 
because they were always so happy and they look like the most hardcore scary people but they're all just big teddy bears and I was always like I want to do it and um seeing I was always a little iffy because I wasn't sure if it was like just the CZW fans were that raw and judgmental or if it was just deathmatch wrestling fans as a whole so I was always kind of wondering how the fans would take it but seeing seeing queer wrestling explode and seeing uh deathmatch wrestling kind of then almost form a little bit and have a little bridge somewhere the gap is filled is like the coolest thing on the planet uh and it's different because no one would have ever expected the queers to be smashing light bulbs over our faces and I think it solidifies that we're all the baddest. And I think that it solidifies that uh, we're here to stay in wrestling and we can do everything that anyone else can do. Mm, so true, so true. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention MV Young and Effie in that conversation as well. They both have been doing no ring stuff for, for a while. And, you know, anytime that they show up on a no piece show, like it is a, it's a, it's a fucking thing. <laughs> Yeah, always, always. <laughs> I remember the day I took the, the day I took that awful table. It was so bad. I wish, I wish I could be like Titan John behind me, like roll the footage. Like it was so messy. Um, Effie had wrestled, uh, Cass that night and mm. Casanova, and Effie jumped off the stage and gave Casanova a hurricanrana. And I don't know if y'all know Effie like that, but he is tall. Like I'm, I'm one of the taller people on at least the East Coast in wrestling, and he's taller than me. I'm pretty sure. Like I'm, I'm always, I always forget how tall he is. And then when I wrestle him, we always have these spot ideas, and I'm always like, I can't do it. You're too tall. I'm used to wrestling. <laughs> I'm the tall one. He's so tall. So to see him do that was crazy. So yeah, every time that. MV or Effie or anybody is, is doing a no ring. It's just like, what is about to happen? Yeah, for sure. For sure. God. Um, well, I guess as we kind of start to, to wind down a little bit here, um, I'm kind of jump back to the NWA stuff because um, like, like we've said so many times <laughs> in the show so far, like whenever this show goes live Saturday, like this is going to be a historic moment for you a historic moment for so many other people that watch and enjoy pro wrestling and people are just kind of coming to it, you know, and I guess for you, what do you hope is the, uh, the lasting image from you participating on NWA Empower? I really hope that what we can do is take people who don't like women's wrestling, take people who don't like queer wrestlings and make fans. You know, we have fans, but I just really want to prove the people that don't believe in us, the people that think that we don't deserve our own pay-per-view and the people that think that women's wrestling doesn't make money. I want to prove that wrong. And I know every girl on that roster feels the same way. And especially with somebody like Mickey James, who's full steam ahead, I think that's going to happen. And I think that we really are going to go down in history as one of the greatest, most historical women's wrestling moments. And I, I, uh, I just hope that everyone becomes a fan and I just want to kill it. I want to kill it. Mm. 
no, I, I have no doubt that, that y'all will like the, just the, the invitational lineup alone is just, is stacked already. Yeah. And you add in all the other matches, the tag team tournament, Camille and Layla, like it's just the whole card up and down just yeah. looks amazing. It's, it's an amazing card. It's great booking and it's very star studded. And uh, I think that for lack of a better term, there's a lot of indie people that we all know are stars, the people who really love wrestling, who pay attention, that rightfully so are getting a spot they've always deserved and worked hard for. And I love to see that. And I love that Mickey's giving all of us that opportunity. And I think that with that, that's going to bring in a whole sector of fans that like, you know, we all have our own fans that really don't watch wrestling, but sometimes watch our stuff or they don't, they don't really like a certain company stuff. And then we can make a whole new category of fans. And I think that it's really going to open their eyes to what queer wrestling is and to what women's wrestling is. And it's amazing. So I'm just so thankful for NWA, Billy Corgan, and Mickey James. Mm-hmm. Um, one more question on, on NWA, actually. Have you had a chance to kind of to speak with, with Billy yet? And um, Okay. I'm curious because, like, your presence on the show is really is is even more groundbreaking because like obviously we've seen like it come up more recently like you know billy has had a history um you know years ago of um transphobia in his past and while that those things haven't really like come up recently from him like there hasn't been a lot of addressing of it from him as well but yet you are present on this show in a way that I don't know, it, it speaks to something uh, about yeah. possibly that I don't know. How, how does it? How does how does that impact you? Or do you have any feelings around around that at all? Uh, Ten years ago was a very different time. Yeah, and you know, in the last two to three years, trans people really started coming out of the woodwork. And you know, he said what he said, but at the end of the day, uh, the proof is in the pudding. He, Miss Poyo is on the show as the drag queen. I'm there as the first trans athlete and in NWA. And uh, he's, he's, he cleared it. He okayed it. He gave us the okay. So, Mm so I think that right there, that's enough said. I think that, I think that's more powerful than the, than the people that were like dragging up those tweets and trying to get them in trouble. Mm. Well, my last question for you, a bit of a fun one. I like to end on a fun one. Um, I absolutely love that your finisher is called You're Gay Now. (laughs) (laughs) That's not, I was not ready for this. Let's go. Please, please tell me, tell me. Obviously, like, I I need to know, like, when did this come into your brain? Obviously, like, whether it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, just, just please, because I don't, I can't remember if it is the, the uh the springboard german that you do over it's the kick is it the springboard german okay yeah it's the german okay so i need to know how did how did it come about that that was just that that you named it you're gay now what to to you what is the meaning behind that in a way like i just tell please key, I love have it. a key um <laughs> so wh- one time i was met to wrestle effie at pwx and we were just rolling around in the ring and I sometimes do this lucha drag where uh, he hooks me like a hip toss and I do a front flip, legs off the rope, back flip into an Alita. And I just did that a couple of times. 
And then I rolled over his back to get into the ring. And I was like, well, what if I do it reverse? And I tried it and it was just right there. And we were like, yo, should we do this? And I didn't get to do it in the match. So then like I, I, I did it a few other times. I finally got to hit Effie with it at PWX and uh, I was really laying it in and finally getting that move over in my repertoire. And when I wrestled Heather, she took it, Heather Monroe, she took it so amazing. She made it look so deadly. And just, I don't know why my brain is like this, but when I saw the clip of her taking that, the first thing that went into my head is, she's gay now. <laughs> so I was just like, that's the name of the move. You're gay now. You just took this, you're gay. <laughs> and it, I think I think it's so chaotic. And I love, I love chaos. I think it's chaotic. And I think that that is like that lighthearted humor that makes everyone in the room comfortable. And that's what I want. I, especially being put on a platform, I want to be able to be a, a spokesperson for the queer community and be able to make people comfortable and have an understanding. So even if it's something silly like that, where we're all like, oh, Jamie just turned this person gay. It's funny, it's lighthearted and it's it's loving and the energy behind it is so pure that everybody's like, man, you, you're gay now, you're, you're gay. <laughs> No, it it really speaks to that kind of attitude from from the queer community around pro wrestling and in pro wrestling. You know, it, yeah. it you you take you take every avenue you can to kind of provide that sort of the the message. You know, and humor yeah. is a very easy vehicle to yeah. to communicate that. And I absolutely yeah. the first time I saw the move, first off, the move is just astounding. Um, I think you and Bandito are the only two people I've seen hit it, and that's yeah, very. Which I want to set the record. Yes. I want to set the record. Every time there's a video of me going out, a lot of people say I stole that from Bandito, but I did just tell my story mm-hmm. about how I figured it out. Um, so all all respect to Bandito. He I found out he did it first. So the credit always goes there. He is the inventor. I kind of created it for myself rolling around with Effie, but all credit is where it's due. He invented it and he did that first. So yeah. But I mean, even then, though, still the, the move itself is is amazing. The 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 kind of like message behind the move and and what it kind of gets audiences to to interact with is is really fun. Yeah. And I just I absolutely adore it. It's just so good. It speaks to everything that that queer pro wrestling can do. Um, yeah, I, it's such a comic booky type of move. Like it's so like harley quinn just like hit somebody and then they flew like 15 feet and like landed on the side of a wall and jumped back and clocked back like it's just such like a it's a badass move but it's so like hokey and comic booky and like what just happened like that feels like you're a metahuman are you are you super woman like who are you so i love it and i think it's so dope and like being able like i said to just have that little comic relief in there and be like why i just turned them gay <laughs> um it it makes everybody comfortable and it's just great and it's at the end of the day i want to entertain as much as i love beating people up i also want to entertain so if i can get a bunch of smiles on top of some oh <laughs> i love it no it's no wonder dark sheet keeps wanting to have you out on the west coast with all these superhero references and everything it's just Dark Sheik and I are like this. I love, I love Sheik so much. And I always tell people that Dark Sheik and I are dating, but we're not. I both we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, Jamie, I am so glad that we had a chance to chat a bit today. Um, obviously, everybody check out NWA Empower coming up on uh, Saturday, August 28th. Um, you know, order the pay-per-view, I think I was on Fight TV. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, where can people find you online and figure out what you have going on? Um, my Instagram is at Jamie Lynn Senegal and my, um, Twitter is at the Jamie, excuse me, the Jamie Senegal. And I also stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Jamie Senegal. And I don't remember my pro wrestling tea store link. So just go on there and search me. <laughs> That's easier anyway. <laughs> just go type in Jamie Senegal t-shirts on Google. I promise you'll find a bunch. There you go. <laughs> well, Jamie, thank you so much. Thank you. My thanks once again to Jamie for taking the time to chat ahead of uh, her historic debut on the NWA stage coming up at Empower on Saturday. Um, I cannot wait to see how that Invitational turns out. So many awesome names in there. Everybody from Seijin to Genocide to Jamie to Kiera to Lady Frost. And even the return of Debbie Malenko. It's, it's going to be a, a wild match to watch and I can't wait. Now, of course, in the intro there, I... Yes, I... I, CM Punk's return is not an afterthought. I just like to have a little bit of fun. CM Punk is a very um, important facet of of uh, pro wrestling to me, and I'm very, very stoked to see him back. Um, the moment was amazing, and um, I don't know. I don't know if I really have words to put to it, but uh, it's it's another example of why pro wrestling is the best. Simply the best. That's going to do it for us here this week. Make sure to check out NWA Empower. Make sure to check out Polyam Woodstock. Make sure to keep an eye on the Big Gay Brunch lineup. That's going to, they got some big matches coming there. I know we got GCW Tag Team titles on the line with MB Young and Billy Dixon against the Second Gear crew. But um, all that will come as it comes. So we got a few, we got some weeks here heading into, you know, All Out Weekend and all that good stuff. So much good wrestling. Keep your eyes open and peeled and tuned in. Um, as well as your ears to this show as well. We'll be back next week. Uh, but until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated. And fuck the fans. Bye! Everybody's ready to die. Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She made a deal with the